hello, hello. It is our last day here at the Edinburgh Fringe. How are we? We well? Yeah. Good. There's still people coming in. Just come, come in. You can lean against the bar. There's some stools. You can, you can, you know, be like Norman Cheers, only less of an alcoholic and more of just a person. No, just keep coming in. Good. Hello, hello, everyone. How are? There's one seat right there. Are you just keeping that like to create a zone of cool between you? What's going on here, guys? Do you know him? You could know him. It's a very ominous way to answer that question. Do you want to know him? Keep on sliding, keep on sliding, good. And people, oh, because they, oh, because they can, oh, because they blocks. Oh, okay, that, what if you just stand there? And there's room at the back there. Very nice, good English people delegating work. <laughs> Screaming orders. It's over here, come stand there. Perfect, hold my drink. You call this a gin and tonic, I call it shit. All right, let's get to you guys, and then we're going to... Uh, let me just explain the show right off the top. Uh, so this has been my little experiment. I've been conducting the entire Fringe, where I um, riff an hour of stand-up comedy, and then we record it, and it's released on the internet later that day at johnhastingscomedy.com. Yesterday's episode's a couple of days delayed, because I accidentally packed the wire, and so you'll just have to be patient. I almost unpacked the wire, and then when I did, a bunch of shoes fell out. Turned out I packed two of my flatmates' shoes. I wasn't even drunk when I packed. I think I just went around and just was like, I need a bag of shoes. Good. Because here's the thing. Have you, you've traveled a lot, right, sir? Your face tells a story, and that story is, I've run away from some towns. You've traveled a lot, correct, sir? A bit. What's the craziest place you've ever gone to? Craziest? Reading Festival. The Renton Festival. Oh, the Reading Festival. What the fuck? Do you... Did someone just woo for Reading? Who's been to Reading? Oh, fuck off. That town is just... It, well, I, was, uh, I did a show at a uh, club in Reading called the Reading Highlight, and I was uh, comparing, and I was about to bring the headliner on stage. I say that because the comedian... Uh, who is going on demands to be called the headliner. What's up, Alistair? I know you're listening. And uh, that's just for one person who gets the joke. And uh, a guy close to the back just yelled, Hey! I just shit myself! Second time! And I said, in life? And he went, tonight! Mental place, mental place. Um, you have a bar by the train station that's just vodka, right? Yeah, that's not, that's not good for travel. <laughs> you don't need to be drinking some Russian rowdy juice and then getting on a train to Brighton. That's just way too many emotions. <laughs> it's mental. So why the writing festival was the craziest place you've ever been to? I don't know, it was just a mental weekend. Just a mental weekend? <laughs> just you, some PCP, and some time? Yeah, no, I can tell you're missing a tooth. You definitely have done a couple of fun things. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Whenever you travel, have you noticed that you can fit everything into your bag on your way somewhere? But on the way back, it's like your bags have shrunk, and you just you get like a shoe into one bag, and you're like, that bag's full. How the fuck did that happen? I literally almost went and bought more luggage. I've thrown clothes out. I have less stuff than what I can. What the fuck is going on? It's like the rage of this month has like done something to my clothes and they've absorbed the neediness of a thousand comedians going, why didn't my show about hippopotamuses get nominated for an award? We actually had a hippopotamus, but not a real one. It was built out of dreams. 
the audience had to imagine the hippopotamus and go, oh, it's a hippo. I love hippos. I don't like hippos because they're deceitful. Because they look like they would be the cute, the cutesy animal, right? And then the rhino would be the baddie. But it's the other way around. Rhinos are vegetarians and very polite. Hippopotamuses, all they do is walk in a straight line and they've killed more uh, people than any other animal in Africa. Isn't that fucking terrifying? Because what happens is hippopotamuses, all they do is they walk in straight lines from water to water. So uh, tribes, they learned over the years that you can't put anything near bodies of water in Africa because you'll just wake up in the morning and there's a straight line of destruction where one hippo has just walked in the middle of it and now it's just bathing, looking at you going, I ate a baby, aren't I a cute boy? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been a very good fringe for me. This, it's, it's interesting, this uh, festival, because who here, anyone here performers? Yeah, yeah, that's the sound of a performer. Yeah, yeah, I want to go home. <laughs> I give this seat three stars. It's just mental. It really gets to you as a performer, but it's been a very fun month for me. I got a bunch of fun reviews. My other show has been selling well, so I'm not going to lose my shirt. Because do you know the economics of the Fringe Festival? Okay, so here's what happens. is In February, the people that make money off you as a comedian go, would you like to go to Edinburgh this year? I think some, we could kill one of the members of your family, and then you'd have a show. <laughs> and you go, all right, cool. Don't kill my dad, because I like him now, and don't kill my mom. I need her, but I got my, his uncle take them out and they kill them and then you write an hour about that which is stand up and you show up July 31st and to do that you have to hire a PR person you have to pay for all the posters you have to pay for your venue you have to pay for weird things like a place to keep your posters you have to pay like, that, that's the weirdest thing ever which is like they were like we need to pay for a place to keep your flyers and I was like my room put them in my room and they're like we have 40,000 flyers and I was like why did I rent a flat I could have just built a fort out of those on the gr <laughs> on the grass market that would have been amazing Free advertising. The Guardian would definitely have written an article about me. It's like, man gives back to the environment by living in his flyers. And it's just me with a castaway beard wearing a loincloth eating fish and chips. I am independent even from Scotland. <laughs> and... Uh, and so you, you do that, you hire a PR person, which is a human being that goes out and tells the journalists to come see you. And you need to have this person because you don't want to do it because it's weird. Because you go into these artist bars, which you, you'll see them kind of scattered around. There's one in the Gilda Balloon, there's one in the Pleasance, there's one in the Underbelly. And there's these the rooms that are literally dripping with the phrase, babe, you're going to be something one day. Like it is, I, I saw a woman dressed as a leopard and she walked up to someone and went, you've got to get something better than the iPhone 5. That is so six months ago. And I still wish her dead. <laughs> and so you, you hire that person and they bring in reviewers and you get to the show and you've done like 40 previews. This used to be a festival where you'd come up and this would launch your tour. Now this is the end of your development of your beautiful pristine hour where you've worked on, you've sat in your room and gone, what's funnier, poo-poo or caca? Oh, caca, maybe. But poo-poo's more fun to say. And I am relating it to a uh, political statement about the Tibetan plight. What am I going to go with? And you think about it for days. You bother your girlfriend, baby. What's funnier, poo-poo and caca? And then she looks at you like, I can't believe I fuck you. <laughs> you go, oh, okay. Thanks for that. And then you show up and you just do it every day. Every day and it becomes this weird thing where comedians, we all got into this essentially because we didn't want a job. And then once a month or once a year for a month, we get a very strict job, which is you have to be in that You could be dead. If you're dead, 
still show up, bring the corpse, they'll prop it up, play a tape of the show, because they will charge you. I asked, I'm with the Pleasants for my other show, and I asked them, what happens if I die? And they went, we're not really sure, but you'd probably still owe something. And I was like, holy fuck, really? And they're like, yeah, we don't know how we'd collect. And I was like, I'm like, you don't know how, you'd send someone into the afterlife, like some sort of weird 80s movie? Just a guy in the Brooks bar. Uh, Hastings is dead. He owes us 45 quid for that uh, room that he kept his flyers in. Sends someone to heaven or more likely hell. I've masturbated to some weird stuff. <laughs> we'll get that money back. And so, uh, and so, yeah. And so I did it and it was absolutely amazing. It was totally not what I was expecting because it really, it gets to you. You go through this whole phase. I did. I don't know. I'm not speaking for anyone, but I went through this whole thing. First week, I was really excited. I was going to take the world by storm. Second week, I didn't think I was a comedian. I mean, my girlfriend came to visit, and I literally was like, babe, what other careers do you think you could see me in? We were having this conversation at five in the morning, and I was wearing a onesie because I wanted to feel kicky. <laughs> not even embellishing. It was her onesie, and she kept saying, stop stretching it out, and I went, big man in a little onesie. And then she had that, I can't believe I fuck you face again. And she's like, I don't think you can do any other job. And I went, why? And she went, well, you're wearing a onesie to make yourself feel better. I think you're in the right profession. And then I went, you said profession, not profession, you fucking idiot. <laughs> she almost broke up with me, but then we, we made love. And by love, I mean she fell asleep and I, I read a book. And, uh, <laughs> which are things we both love to do. <laughs> that was really good, yeah. I know some of you are like, is he making this all up? Most of it, that one, definitely made up. Anyway, and so then you do the whole thing and it's an amazing, and then at the very end, so in October 1st, you do the whole month. We're now on the last day. I'm gonna do this show, which has been the best fucking thing I ever did. I literally did this to, to steal money from you guys to make money for my other show. Because all of you guys, you're all good people. This is the last show. You're all decent people. We're actually here for the fringe. Not like some days where you get like 200 people like, what's this fucking arts festival doing in the way of us getting drunk under a bridge? <laughs> Excuse me, woman who's dressed like a man from the 18th century. Do you have any ketamine? But you guys are all here for the fringe. And so you know that this is a free fringe show, which means at the end, there will be the obvious bucket pass and most of you will put in money and one or two of you will just look at me and go I don't have any money and then I will think well then how the fuck did you get here <laughs> the ibis costs 250 pounds to say an asshole you have some money and then I only say that in my head because I'm Canadian I just nod and go I understand don't worry about it and then I, I pray you get hurt and so <laughs> like I do I like there was this woman yesterday who walked up and went it was funny but not funny enough for money and I wanted to punch her and not like a little punch, like I wanted to rear back and just go, BAM! That's funny, bitch! <laughs> but then I saw her boyfriend and I was like, oh, I understand why you're behaving the way you are. He has a neck tattoo on his neck tattoo. <laughs> so you do that, oh good, all right. The improv show every day is too loud and I tell them to shut the fuck up, but they don't. So now it's time for the obligatory anything can be a podcast, podcast rumor to spread about them. Yesterday's rumor was they were, what was it? Was it about Norway? No, no, that was the Norwegian guy. Wasn't they responsible for 9-11 yesterday? No, that was the day before. What the fuck was... Oh, they encouraged the raping and pillaging of the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this about the Vikings, but they raped a lot of people. Like more than a nor... That was a weird sentence to go with. <laughs> it's been a long month, all right? I was about to say, I'm glad I'm not recording this. Oopsie daisy. 
Um, so the Vikings, they raped and pillaged their way across the world. And it was that improv troops idea. The Vikings were just like, we just want to go get some berries. And they were like, hey, listen, maybe you should yes and the berry getting and also rape the fuck out of some people. And they were like, I guess we'll do that. And they're like, you better or we will keep playing zipper tag with you. Um, so today's rumor is that they invented the concept of murdering a puppy so you could get a boner. <laughs> Before then, no one ever thought of murdering a puppy. You'd only just pet the puppy and go, you're a, you're, a good, you're a good dog. And then they came along and they were like, what if you murdered those puppies and got a boner? And then one guy was like, why am I going along with this? And they were like, yes, and man, it's improv. And he just took a hammer and he just killed the puppy. <laughs> then he got a boner. It's not my fault it's not funny, it's their fault. I'm just telling them. I'm just telling you what they do. Listen, if they kept it down, the show would not have this weird moment. But they don't, so it does. It's not my fault. It's really your guys' fault for not going to that show and saying, Shut the fuck up! You're doing Whose Line Is It Anyway games at a festival where the people from Whose Line Is It Anyway are actually fucking here. So the Edinburgh Fringe. And so it's the last day, um, and you guys, this show has been actually amazing because it's been very fun to riff an hour. People have shown up more than like once and have come around. I've gotten emails. I got one email from a Finnish man who wrote, will you come to Finland and do the show for my friends? <laughs> and I don't know why, but I wrote, if you pay the, pl the ticket and get me a hotel, I will. And he went, what do you mean by hotel? So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> I'm still thinking about doing it because I do have to write a new hour of stand-up for Edinburgh next year and, you know, nearly dying in a Finnish weird basement. That's 40 minutes done and dusted right there. <laughs> but I thought as sort of a little experiment sort of thing, how are we doing? Oh, good. I'm planned on going right into a story. We're already 16 minutes into the show. Another thing that you guys may not know about the show is it had a whole format at the beginning. I read an email from comedians. I think I stopped doing that day two. I think at one of the episodes I read the, I read the email into the microphone downstairs at the end of the show because I more enjoyed just riffing, talking to people like you, sir, with your PCP Reading weekend. You, sir, with your, your... Your head is even more weirdly shaped than mine, and mine is horrible. <laughs> mine looks like a bag of rocks. Yours look like... It was like normal head, and then it goes like, wow! <laughs> What's your name, brother? Joe. Hello, Joe. What do you do for a living, Joe? Uh, I'm a student. What are you studying, Joe? English. <laughs> Not even you are proud of that. <laughs> I can't judge. My degree, I have a master's in theater studies, specialization in classical direction, which means I was a barista for two years. <laughs> and uh, favorite author, Joe? Uh, Terry Pratchett. Why did you make that face, miss? Is he 12? Are you 12? Uh, no. How old are you? I am 20. Are you really? You've aged tremendously well, and that's rare on this island, because most of the men look like they just walked through a smoke-filled leather sack factory. <laughs> like you, sir, you could be 15, or you could be 54. You just got a weird, like, wolfman in transition beard. And a... And you're so it is kind of hot in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> now, why is he your favorite author? Because well, um, I just had to think of an author off the top of my head. And that's <laughs> the first one I could come up with. You should have just gone with a classic. Ask me my favorite author. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who is your favorite author? John Hastings, I've written stuff. <laughs> right there, that was a good answer. And a little plug for myself. Do you want to be a writer when you grow up? Um, yeah, hopefully. I, well, I want to do stand-up, so. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, come with me. Yeah, yeah. Eight years, and you can get people to stand in a sweaty room for free. So listen, got a long way until you cull my audience. But do you have any material whatsoever? Um, if I say no, does that mean I don't have to do anything? Nope. <laughs> I will just write you some. Could we do that? Yes, we can. <laughs> Please take the microphone. No, wait, I'm going to introduce you first. All right, go, go behind that curtain. All right, let's all pretend that we're at like a really shit comedy club called like, Welcome to Laughter Abortion Clinic. All right. All right, I'll be, what's like a really stupid MC name? It's okay, I don't know if you guys remember. Okay, so in North America in the 80s, comedy was the worst. Like, there's been some hack stuff done on this island, but you guys never went through the one-named comedian. I knew a guy who used to close his show by doing a backflip. No joke. He would just go, that's the end of my show, backflip, and he'd walk off stage. Uh, they would always have, like, one name. So my, my name is going to be, I'm going to be The Rascal. It's going to be my shitty comedian name. I'm going to be The Rascal, all right? All right, you're going to bring me on stage, miss. And, and What's your name? Claire. Hi, Claire. Okay, you're going to introduce me. Please welcome to stage the rascal. Please welcome to the stage the rascal. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Mm, mm. Yeah, what's the deal with airline food? It's disgusting. <laughs> Women ride without a... Bah, 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 bah. My girlfriend's a puppet. Anyway, so... Um, our first act, I've already forgotten his name. What's your name? Joe. Last name, Joe. Cooper. Your name is Joe Cooper? It is. <laughs> this is gonna go fucking well. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, your next act has a weird head. <laughs> Which if I was a shitty MC, I would say stuff like that. I once got brought onto stage in this country as your next act is an American. I'm from Canada. And he was in the green room saying that the Brits don't know shit about humor. That's not true. I was in the alley smoking while this guy ate four pieces of garlic bread in 10 seconds. I don't know his name and I've never seen him since, but when I do, I'm gonna punch him in his fat, dumb neck. Anyway. All right, everybody, please welcome to stage the comedy stylings. Another thing that they used to do in comedy clubs is refer to stand-up as the comedy stylings. There's one style of comedy, good. Please welcome the comedy stylings of Mr. Joe Cooper, everybody! Yeah, yeah, All right. All right, here's what you need. Sit right here. Hold the microphone. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you lines. Don't even think about them. Okay. Just say them. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. Hey, what's the deal with ragweed? Is that weed on its period or what? I stand by that joke, it was fucking great. I want you to know that we're just going through the stuff that I used in my first year of comedy. So laugh at it, please. 
All right, this next one's a bit physical. You're going to have to stand up. Hello there, sir. I've, uh, I've noticed you've been staring at my crotch. You're right in it. Right in the comedic crotch. That was the first joke I ever wrote, by the way. <laughs> and it is embarrassing, and it used to do really well. I used to literally do this. I'd walk and be like, we're in it. We're part of it. You're right here, right at the comedic crotch. And then I'd look at the guy, and they'd always go, uh-huh. And the people would be like, I'm looking at his dick. That's funny. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm trying to think of another joke. Alright, here you go. This one, I'm gonna give it to him in bits. Hey, so I wanna own a falcon, not for a weird reason. So there's dog park from across where I live, right? And uh, there's this dick who walks his dog there. And I'm always stepping on his dog shit, but I don't know how to say anything, because he's like, oh, you got a problem with that? I'm like, no. <laughs> but you see, if I had a falcon, that conversation would go way different. He'd like have a dog there and I'd have the falcon on my arm. <laughs> and then I'd release the falcon and it would kill that dog. <laughs> Joe Cooper, everybody, Joe Cooper. I can't believe I used to do that comedic crotch. I'm so sorry about your feet, buddy. I'm just trying to get this off the fucking stage. I'm so, so I can't believe I used to do that. I used to get laughs too. Fuck, that's embarrassing. No one step on my iPod. All right, so here's what we're gonna do now. We got uh, about 40 minutes left. So I think I have the idea and the story of what I'm gonna do next year for Edinburgh. And I thought it might be a nice idea if I tell you the story, because it's an actual story and there is funny parts to it. And that's what we're gonna do today. And if not, well, you didn't pay to get in. You still have to pay to get out, but just like one pound less. So instead of 10 pounds, nine pounds. Very reasonable. You guys thought I was serious, which I am. Hey, everyone. So that episode just cut off. Why, John? Well, because I started doing material that I'm going to use for stand-up later on. Um, so that is the end of uh, all of our live shows, the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm now back in London. I'm in my kitchen. I'm doing laundry. I'm drinking coffee. It's raining. All that exciting stuff. That podcast is really fun. It's going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to take about a week off, and then I'm going to start uploading episodes. If you want to contribute anything to the show, email me, johnhastingspodcast at gmail.com, or go to my website, johnhastingscomedy.com. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. It's like over a thousand people have heard an episode of the show. And that's pretty impressive because I am not important. And I'm really, really happy that you guys all enjoyed the show. 
and you're great, and I love you. So thank you for listening. Sorry this episode cut off. Um, and now my laundry's done, meaning this announcement's done. Thank you so much. Shows will start being released a week from Wednesday and every Wednesday until I am dead. Contribute things. John Hastings, podcast at gmail.com. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.